You're listening to Packers Talk Network. Do you want to experience the thrill of a Packers game at Lambeau Field? If so, be sure to get your guaranteed authentic tickets from theticketking.com, a longtime trusted source and local Green Bay business. Just go to PackersTalk.com slash tickets for more information and ticket links. That's PackersTalk.com slash tickets. Underneath the shelter of the stainless steel arch down by the river in his Chevy van. And me in the desert, Scottsdale, Arizona, where it's decidedly nicer than it is in the central time zone. Dave, this is an entire time zone different. It took me several days, uh, you know, to be able to acclimate myself to the different times. So if I'm a little, uh, you know, more drifty than normal, then you'll know the reason why. Yeah, it's different. It's weird in here in Arizona now. It's only an hour difference, right? Yeah, yeah. Because they don't uh, move back and forth. So sometimes it's two hours. Sometimes it's one hour. Is that right? That is that is correct. You need a Ouija board to understand the time zones. Yeah. I, imagine playing football under those conditions. Oh, I mean, hot. well, it's no wonder that they came here uh, and have had terrible luck uh, against the Cardinals, uh, yeah. especially in the postseason. Yeah. So it's to be under. It's to be understood. These time zones, Dave, are just killers. They are killers. They are killers. Well, speaking of time zones and killers, yeah, uh, there was a two-hour time zone the Packers have to deal with, and I, I think the place to start is in an email that that just arrived moments ago, as a matter of fact, uh, from Tom Freeman, and I I haven't read the whole thing yet, but I read the beginning of it, and I said, you know, this sounds like a really good place to start the podcast. Tom says, I'm having a hard time with this loss. I really say thought, no more. Say I, more. <laughs> I really thought that the Packers didn't have much of a chance, and then the game began. I don't know if I would quite say that the Packers dominated for 58 minutes. That's what uh, Judy said, but they definitely showed that they were fully capable of winning the game, and so I came to expect it during the course of the game. The Cinderella season was going to continue, and we're going to the championship game probably against the Lions. So the letdown was that much worse when they could not close it out. And I don't know about you, although I think I have a pretty good sense, uh, but that's very much the way I felt. I mean, the day before the game, I, I tweeted out that great line, that great line from Genesis, the Peter Gabriel song, the, the carpet crawlers, where the refrain is, we got to get in to get out. And I thought, mm-hmm. you know, that's exactly right, you know. Yeah, we might get eliminated, but you have to get in the playoffs to get eliminated from the playoffs. So, you know, think about it that way. So even a loss, not that bad. And then as Tom said, the game began, and suddenly I'm thinking, hey, they can win this. They're hanging with the 49ers. They're in the lead late in the game. And then to have it end in the most Farvian way imaginable uh, was really, really painful. And, uh, you know, I, I guess... I've been talking a long time. You've been talking a long time about house money and all. It's been great and all those sorts of things. 
But when you get right down to it as humans, it doesn't matter if it wasn't supposed to happen when it's right there to happen. We want it. We want the completion. We want it to finish out. And it just didn't go that way. Yeah. I mean, this idea of house money, when they lost, I think I looked at my house money and realized, wait, this is the money I have in my house. It's gone now. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's my mortgage. It's not house money. Um, and I should have known. Well, first of all, I, I'm with Tom. I'm pissed off about the whole thing. I mean, because they, and we didn't know. I guess the the idea of house money is that you know we were a bad team, and uh, we're going to play these really good teams, and we don't really have a prayer. But you know, it's experience. It's it's we'll we'll see what we get. And it's somehow, and what really is the miracle is somehow in the, in the last two games of the season into the playoffs, like this team turned into something else, and it turned into something special. Um, and no one really could see it coming. And so I, I guess I don't blame anyone for the things that sort of happen as a result of, of the loss. But I mean, it, what is really amazing is that they turned into something special and they had it. I mean, they, they really had, it. and I should have known the second Darnell Savage dropped the interception. Oh, I should boy. have said, Oh, it's this game. Yep. It's this game. Yep. I, I've, I've seen this, this script before. Um, and this is bad. Um, because what happens is it's going to be tight. We're going to going to win a couple of bad calls, be a pass interference, or it'll be a missed field goal. It'll be something, and uh, we'll lose and in some kind of fashion. An interception at the end is, you know, very much like a, a Favre or Rogers sort of playoff game. So it ended up stinging all as much, and I guess I'm I'm really pissed off about it, and I, I don't really know who to be pissed off. You know, in years past it would be Favre and Rogers, and I don't feel that way with love. Because I think he he played a whale of a game, um, I I guess I have a couple of thoughts. But do you do you have anything that you're particularly mad about, or is just that the universe in general? Well, I think uh, Ichuk uh, says it best when he wrote an email immediately following the game. He said, and this is I believe it's directed at you, Dave Stradamus. <laughs> you bastard is what he says. <laughs> you nailed the missed kicks prediction. Yeah. Too bad. It was there for the taking, dropped picks, missed field goal, love with the late unnecessary risk, all signs of a young team. But it's okay. Every playoff game was a gift this year. Looking forward to this young core terrorizing the Bears for the next five or ten years. Well, that's, that's a healthy perspective. Anybody yeah. that can call you a bastard has obviously got the right perspective. Spot on. Yeah. Go on. Yeah, right. absolutely. You know, what I was wondering, um, when, when I – Reflected back on that last pass, and I'm Packer fans who saw Far play, and I think I think that's most of us. I think most of us uh, who are fans were around then and remember that. Um, I thought, oh God, this reminds me of that uh, <laughs> that horrendous uh, game. Uh, his last game with was it his last game with the Vikings? No, it was the end, end of his first season with the Vikings against the Saints in the NFC Championship game when he did pretty much the same thing. Uh, just completely boneheaded. And then I kind of flashed back to the highlight reel of love in college and, you know, take, he took a lot of chances in college. And I thought, wait a second, you know, he took a lot of chances this year too. And they seemed to kind of work out until they didn't. Mm -hmm. And so I guess, I guess what I'm thinking is maybe I hate to say it, but maybe Dave, this is kind of who the guy is now after the game, he said, Oh, that was a mortal sin. And, and that's one of the things you should never do. But yet he did it, and he did it in college. And I'm wondering if he's always going to fight that tendency 
he did it again. I think it's against Pittsburgh, right? Where he threw the, the pick at the end of the game in the end zone, which it didn't really matter. He kind of had to try something. Right. But I think that's, that's kind of there. That seems to be a part of his DNA. Will it always be that way? Will they be able to coach that out of him? You know, would he have been better off just, it was first down, right? So maybe just, I don't know, just throwing the ball away or, you know, running it upfield, you know, get a couple of yards and, you know, then have the next play. They had enough time. Uh, he didn't have to make that throw, but yet he did. And it was almost as if, you know, he got to the point where he thought he could get away with stuff. And think back, Dave, a little bit to that throw down the field to uh, 87 when he threw, just kind of lofted it up and yeah. magically came down and around three defenders. And he, he's done that a couple of times in the last 10 game stretch. And maybe just kind of got a little overconfident, whatever it was, could be a learning moment. I hope it is, but I'm a little bit concerned that, you know, maybe for as good as he appears to be, this is going to be his fatal flaw. That's going to like Favre. It's, it's going to be there to bite him at the worst possible time. That's possible. Although my anger doesn't kind of reach to love. As I said, I, I feel like it was sort of the end of the game. We're in a desperation mode. Um, and uh, it is, it, it was, I thought it was on second down. It was on first down and it, it did feel like, wow, we really didn't need to do that. But I guess I had resigned myself that when the 49ers scored, it was over. <laughs> like I just, in fact, I mean, if we kicked a field goal, I don't know if I would have had any faith. I was thinking to myself, well, maybe if we kick the field goal and we get the ball first, but if, if we have to rely on our defense, they're going to march right down our throats and they're going to score in overtime. It'll be just like the Arizona game, as you talked about, uh, where I don't think we ever got, got the ball back. So I felt this is, I, I, I already kind of saw where this game was going. The NFL script writers kind of go back to the same script a lot. And I said, well, I, I know this one already. I've, this is one of their greatest hits uh, for us. Um, <laughs> and so I had lost confidence. So when he threw the interception, I was like, okay, there it is. That Now I, now it's over. I can kind of move on to my life because it was very stressful game. I, <laughs> I, I wanted these games in the season to be something to watch and enjoy and hopefully kind of move on from the stress that we have of these games. But this one just brought it all crashing back. Cause we, it looked like they had it and they, and they made me think that this team was totally different, but I guess going back to love his, the way he played the last few weeks, even and in this game too, it's not like he's taking chances all the time. You're right. He's taken a few that Kansas city one was if that was intercepted, we call that uh, um, an unfortunate pass, probably rather than what a what a great pass. Um, and he is young, and this was part. This is part of the growing season. I'm willing to tolerate. So it was really disappointing because you know it was 50 some seconds left. It was first down. There was time, but I don't know. It just felt like if if we move and we got within field goal range idiot Anders is going to like, you know, miss a field goal again. Like if something bad was going to happen. And so I, I felt that the, the, the time to win this game would happen before that. So you want to know where my anger is placed? Oh, please. All right. Please. Tell me. So, well, first I think is, uh, is the Anders decision. And I, I really don't think uh, Anders Carlson, uh, I necessarily blame him because he is who he is. Um, he's, he, he doesn't really feel NFL ready, but the Packers gambled that it's okay to develop a bad kicker for the long run because we're no good this year. And they gambled and got that wrong. So at uh, first I'll let you comment on that. I, I think, I, I guess I don't blame them for that because you couldn't have seen, how could you see this run coming? 
at any time during the season when you could have made a switch at kicker. But it was a gamble. I mean, you could have said, look, we're going to be growing in all these different phases. Let's at least have something solid at kicker. They said, no, we're going to go all in on everywhere. And um, I guess I fault them for not developing him better. Um, and I guess that gamble was it was a gamble that that ended up costing us. I don't know how you feel yeah. about that. Well, no, it 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 really did. And uh, you know, when he was drafted, it's like, well, he's got a big leg. Yeah, but he he was accuracy was terrible in college, and so it shouldn't be a surprise to anybody that his accuracy was very much better in the pros. I mean, it's. But again, I'm sure they were thinking like, all right, let's take a chance here. We can save a few dollars on Mason Crosby. He's getting older. His leg strength isn't quite there. We're going to move on transitional year. Perfect time to do it. Save some money on the cap. It made good sense. I didn't see them as competing this year. If we went back and listened to our podcasts uh, when they were yeah. two and five and three and six, I mean, we didn't see it. Um, it was, it was, it was really tough. And that's when they made the trade too. When they, you know, they traded Rasul Douglas that's you exactly know, right. to, to the bills because they weren't believing it either. It would have been great to have Rasul Douglas, you know, in that game. Right. Um, he probably doesn't, you know, drop. They had two interceptions that they dropped. You know, one was Keyshawn Nixon and, you know, one was Darnell Savage. And, you know, if Rasul Douglas is there, he's a guy who, can you think of a time he dropped a ball in his hands? Probably not. I mean, that guy is a ball hawk. Right. So there's, yeah, you could look back and say, yeah, they should have done some things differently, but nobody knew at the time. And, this is a this is when Dave when I lean on a, one of our fighting men, in this case, Major Dave Moberg. I think it's important to get a leatherneck, a jarhead, a marine to get his perspectives. And he writes to us after the game and says, Steady as she goes, gentlemen. I'll take it. Wonderful season. Don't lose sight of it. Perspective, my friends. Perspective. Unlike previous soul-crushing losses, I'm super zen about this one. And that's not just because I consumed a Wisconsinite level of adult beverages. Stay cheesy, fellas. You know, it's really good to hear from one of our fighting men uh, defending this country, probably from some cushy base in the United States. Oh, no, it's the Marine Corps University Command. Yeah, thanks for keeping us safe, Dave. We appreciate that. So anyway, I think it's really important. I mean, Dave is right. All, all kidding aside, um, perspective is really what's important here. And we, we said, you know, we didn't see this coming. It was a gift. It was a surprise. They're ahead of schedule. Next year, as you mentioned, Dave, every game is going to be torture again because now we've seen that this team can be good and the expectations are going to be ratcheted up. Love's going to get an enormous contract. They're going to not going to back up a Brinks truck, Dave. They're going to back up a convoy of Brinks trucks to this guy. And everything's going to be different next year. I know it'd be a lot of the same guys, but they're going to feel different coming into this season than they did the last season. Now, will they will they spend time this offseason getting their bodies in shape and going over the playbook? And you know, or are they going to say, "Hey, you know, we got this, Jake. You know, we're first year guys. We're going to get better. Look how good we were the first year. The league's going to roll over for us next year." I I'd like to think they won't have that attitude. But but you wonder, you know, when things come out of nowhere um, and things did kind of fall together. Remember, they had kind of a light schedule, too. They won't have that as much next year. You know, it, that's what makes it somewhat hard is because even though we know the players are good, we don't know what the circumstances will be next year. And even though, you know, the players might be better, 
circumstances could dictate that the results are worse. And that's what makes the, the loss especially hard. Even though I want to be Zen, like, uh, you know, Major Moberg, um, it's really tough to to feel that way. If, if they had gotten blown out in this game, if it had been like that game a couple of years ago when they got beat 37 to 20 in San Francisco, you mm-hmm. could kind of go, yeah, well, they were just outclassed. Just that wasn't better. the case. Yeah, right. that wasn't the case. And that's why this is so hard to accept. It is. I mean, there was just plays, the dropped interception, even the long run by Aaron Jones. He thought, like, could that have been blocked better? I'm watching DeGora run down the field ahead of Jones without blocking a single person. Um, it's, it, you know, it's it's a it's a bunch of things that you think, like, my goodness. And it, there, it's, it wasn't the signs of a young team. It was just, it was the signs of kind of a, a stupid team at, at times. And, um, and look, there was two interceptions that shouldn't have been should have been caught that, uh, and you know, at the time I thought we're, we're still up. It's fine. Or it was a third down stop and I wasn't upset, but now in hindsight, you know, the, those need to be interceptions. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, but I think the, uh, you're right. There, there was a miscalculation by the front office of how good this team could end up. And you're right. Russell Douglas being traded, the kicker, uh, who knows what else they could have done to kind of shore up different things. They didn't do any of that. And, uh, although, that turned out to be a killer decision for them. Um, I almost don't blame them because who could have seen that coming? But so my main frustration comes back to a tried and true for this year is Joe Barry uh, and his defense. <laughs> the uh, and this is something that is, I think, unforgivable because, um, you know, they have talent on defense. This wasn't a growing and young team on defense. They have players. And I think that the fact that they played better is the fact that they played a little less stupid in sort of the soft zone coverage, playing it every single down uh, and let their players sort of be players. And so I think they sort of reverted to a little bit more of a median of their performance. Uh, Not great, but not terrible. Um, But then you get to sort of situational football. And that is, you know, the Packers are winning 21-17. San Francisco's got the ball on... Their own 31, and there are five minutes left to play. I got, uh, take that back, uh, six minutes. Six minutes and 18 seconds left to play. There is one scenario here that's the worst, and that is that they move the ball down the field, chewing up all the clock so you have no time to, to come back. There's two things that, I mean, there are two good things, I suppose, are less bad. Is One is they stop them right away. Or they score quickly and you have time to move down and then score yourself with no time left. What does Joe Barry do? He allows them to dink and dunk down the field so that we get the ball back with, I guess, one minute left. Um, it's the exact thing that we don't need. And this idea of this, you know, two safety, you know, uh, defense that he plays that he just can't not revert to. Um, it's just not forgivable for me. There is only one chance to win at that point. Purdy was playing terrible. If he had pressure on him, he was going to throw a ball up for grabs. He wasn't accurate. The last thing you do is give him some time or only rush four and play sort of this zone. Like it's the absolute worst thing to do. I think if you take a thousand Packer fans who listen to any kind of Packers Twitter and ask them what to do, they would do the exact opposite was what your defensive corner would do. Um, and he's the one who's in charge. It makes no sense to me. They ended up, if they would have scored, uh, that would have been fine. In fact, I think they probably let them score at the end. What do you, I don't know if you felt that was true. Do you, do you think they let McCaffrey run in the end zone at the end? You know, 
I didn't think that at the time, but I heard a couple of people make that suggestion. And I kind of reflected it, you know, they might have done that. Um, if they did, I think that was probably smart because it gave them enough time that they, you know, had the had the potential to get down the field and, you know, get the field goal to tie it up if nothing else, maybe even get a touchdown, you know. So I I, I don't know that they did that, but I'm, gl- I'm glad it worked out that way because it was actually to their advantage. Yeah, it was to their advantage. I mean, it gave them any hope. I mean, if he would have got to the one-yard line and just laid down, that we easily could have just lost with no time left. Right. They yeah, could have easily exactly. ran that out because there's no way we're stopping them at, at that point. Um, but, yeah, Joe Barry, I think, you know, you know, this was something that I was worried about, that the defense was playing good enough that we have to survive Joe Barry again next year. Um, I think this is this is the end now. I want him completely gone. Maybe he's on the staff in some senior role because you know th- it seems like some of the young guys on defense developed okay. You know the Valentine and Valentine and um, you know I'd say Keisha Nixon improved through the year. Um, I don't know Van Ness maybe improved. There's not a lot that he did this year, but you know maybe he's a relatively decent teacher. But you need someone on game day to be calling the plays and you need to sort of set a system in place. That's that is so surprising. It's the, it's the same thing, but on defense that what LaFleur is doing on offense, it's something aggressive. It's, it's misdirection. It's, it's challenging the other team. Um, absolutely. hundred percent has to have it happen. And I, I have no faith. It's going to happen as I said before. Um, and here we are on Monday following the weekend, I haven't heard anything about them going out and, and looking for, for a defensive replacement, but I pray so bad that we get anybody, anyone, any assistant on Kansas city, any assistant on Tampa Bay. I watched those guys play. I mean, Tampa Bay, when they played the Eagles brought pressure, I think I saw 70% of the plays and it worked because Hertz was not playing well. And that pressure was getting to him. They didn't resort to a bend don't break. They put pressure and they kept it on. I want anyone from that philosophy from that school to come over to Green Bay and then give me, you know, Green Bay's team next year with young players, you know, with one more year of experience. I would look forward to that. I cannot stand another year of Joe Barry and his passive approach. That's who I'm mostly upset about is that final drive that we gave up to the 49ers. You know, it, it's it's sort of like um, a lot of people, you know, they they go through life changes. And, you know, they, they reform themselves, but yet when stress hits them and things get tough, you know, people can sometimes revert back, you know, to kind of their, their core system, the core values, who they are. And I think this was a case with Joe Barry, you know, he, he had kind of seen the face of God, uh, what five games or so ago and the head coach got more involved and they kind of changed the way they played that defense. Slightly more aggressive. Yeah. yeah. But, but it was enough though, that it gave the offense a chance to win. Um, and then, you know, when the chips were down, um, they reverted back to what they were doing before and the results were the same. They were predictable and, you know, they got, they gave up a touchdown when they absolutely couldn't do that. And that's, I think the thing about the leopard and the spots and all that, you know, not being able to change who you really are. And I think this is who Joe Barry kind of really is. And the problem though, is less Joe Barry than it is the head coach who wants to play this kind of defense. He's seen it work. 
saw it work in Los Angeles. And, you know, Joe Barry came, you know, from the, from the Rams. And so he wanted, I mean, LaFleur wanted this style of defense. I think he wanted it a little bit different, but yet he wanted this style of defense. I think the head coach has got to stand back and say, you know, what really works in this league? And I guess at this point, he's, he's looked at it and says, yeah, well, Ben, but don't break with a little tweaking is what we have to have. Well, if that's the case, I'm not sure Joe's the right guy, because if you've got to stand over him and threaten him with his job, um, I don't think that's the guy you want to have running that side of the ball. I don't like the philosophy generally, um, so I think that's a problem. But if you're going to stick with that philosophy with a kind of an enhancer to make it more aggressive, fine. But you're going to have to find somebody who, is, who doesn't have to be threatened in order to play that way but whose natural inclination is to play the defense that way. And I don't think that's, I don't think that's Joe's game. And I think we saw that on that last drive. It's just not who he is. But having said all that, I don't think there's going to be a change. I, I, I think that um, LaFleur is going to reflect back and say, yeah, I got this figured out now. Uh, I can keep Joe. I just have to, you know, keep on a short leash. And I think that's probably the way they're going to wind up going but I really think they need to get somebody who's going to run that side of the ball and who's going to just have kind of as his gut default setting to be more aggressive. And I don't think that's Joe Barry. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think so either. I, I can't imagine how he's gotten to this point where he's continued to stick with what he does in the face of so much incompetence. I, it, it's, it just staggers my mind. I, I, I know there must be a lot more that is involved than I am aware of, but my goodness, you would think you would have every free pass to be a lot more aggressive than he is. Maybe he just can't instill the defense. You can't teach these guys how to blitz when you, you don't ever go through it. But someone's got to be able to come in with a plan and to take what they have and 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 make pressuring the quarterback something. Because here's the thing. I don't know where they are in the league on turnovers, but how, I don't. there haven't been many turnovers, right? They've got to be down toward the bottom. I don't have it in front of me right now. Uh, but they, to get a turnover is so rare. And maybe that's why the guys drop those because they've so rarely been in position, you know, to, that's to actually, exactly my point yeah. is they are not used. The ball is actually <laughs> thrown to them. They are like shocked. I mean, their job is to like, wait for that ball to be caught, let the guy and turn on, make the two guy. steps and then try and tackle him before, um, you know, it's a long game, but you know, it's in my hands like, Whoa. So they have not had all season the opportunity to to you know catch interceptions or to even think that way or to be in a position. That's why Savage's interception the week before was so odd looking because I mean I can't think of a a play where that's happened in years and so um, that's got to change. I don't think you can necessarily. I don't know if we have the talent that can be number one on yards allowed or rushing or passing or anything like that, but. We can certainly be a defense that can get turnovers and you know, they could give up 50 more yards, but have a turnover or two in this game. And it would have made all the difference. That's, but you just, there are no turnovers to be made when you're just allowing, I mean, this last drive for San Francisco, just to march down here, it's seven yards, two yards, two yards, five yards, incomplete, 10 yards, 17 yards, eight yards, three yards, two minute warning, then no gain, nine yards, and then touchdown. I mean, just, and everything is just methodical. You know, I, methodical. It's not there. Are, I, I don't recall anything really being contested. 
Um, people are just open and you're just tackling them down the field. And I mean, the absolute worst thing could happen is to have them score by taking up five minutes with six minutes left on the clock. I mean, why is this surprising to anyone there? And I got to tell you, if, if Gudikins or Murphy or someone has to get in the floors here and say, I'm sorry, you had a great season. You maybe could be considered coach of the year, though, the job that you did. You can no longer have your friend Joe Barry manage this defense. I'm sorry. That's just the way it's going to be. Someone's got to step forward and make this happen. Well, if it's going to happen, it's going to have to be Murphy because they report, you know, the management structures that head coach reports directly to the president. And now the president might, you know, have somebody else whispering in his ear about this. But, you know, that's that's Lafleur's boss, his direct supervisor is the president. And I don't know if, you know, Murphy is going to inject himself at this point in his career. I think, is it next year? I think he has mandatory retirement that he's facing. Is he going to want to, you know, exert his authority kind of in the 11th hour? Uh, I don't know uh, Mark Murphy, so I really don't know what, you know, kind of guy he is. I guess he's very fond of, you know, tubing, uh, you know, uh, down the the sledding hill. That's about all I yeah. yeah, I mean, well, he's, I mean, I, the weather I imagine is, pre, is pretty good there right now for that sort of thing. He might be on the hill right now, but I, I, I just, I, I think that's one of the things they have to, they have to make a move on. They, they have to have somebody who's, who's wired in a particular way. I've said it a lot on this podcast. I think defense is so much about attitude and about how you approach it. Uh, there's, I mean, yes, there are technical schematic things, not as much as on offense, but you know, that, you know, how you fake the blitz and how you rotate your defenders around and how you disguise things. And, you know, there, there are technical aspects, but generally speaking, you know, defense is about being Wayne Simmons, you know, it's about, it's about blasting the guy in front of you is about, you know, popping somebody when he's got the ball, forcing the fumble, being aggressive. That is one thing the Packer defense does do. I mean, they are trying to rip the ball out all the time. That, that is, that is something good, but the pass defenders, you know, they don't seem to drop, jump a lot of routes. Um, you know, they, I guess they break up a few passes, but not really a lot. If I recall the stat correctly, isn't Carrington Valentine, didn't he have the most defended passes of this season? I think it was in the single digits. I mean, they, they're just not an aggressive defense. And I like, that doesn't necessarily mean you blitz every down. It just no, means but- how you approach your assignments. You, you, you need to be thinking about the turnover and about taking the initiative, not rope-a-doping your opponent. Yeah, I don't mind if you're going to rush four, but to have four in the line of scrimmage and everyone way off the line of scrimmage so that you know it's only four is seems madness to me. Like you, I would think if you're going to rush four, I see lots of teams where they put five or six on line scrimmage and then people drop back. That is like ever. So it does not seem that's highly uh, complicated system that everyone else is using that the Packers can't adapt. I mean, play after play, I don't want to watch this game again, but I bet you if we watch that series, (laughs) four guys on line scrimmage and every, you know, two guys, you can two or three, maybe you can see on the screen. The rest are all back. And, uh, and they just dinked and dunked right down the field. So look, I want to be that person who says this was a gift. Keep perspective. Um, this is a lot more than I bargained for. If you'd have told me at the beginning of the season, I would have just been really excited to see what, it, how it played out, but to give it away at the end because of stupid mistakes, you know, first the kicker, you know, never figured it out. And you had a defense that, and you know, things that you knew you had problems with and you left alone and they ended up 
burning you on the end. I mean, I, I just, that does bother me. They actually had something because they beat San Francisco. Oh, what were we thinking? We'd be playing at Detroit with a really good chance to beat Detroit. Um, and then, I don't know, then you're really up for grabs for a Super Bowl bid. That's crazy. We were that close, Chris, to that. And it just, it was a, I agree that a gift is a gift, but if someone gives me a gift and then yanks it away before I can open it, that does make me mad. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Dave, had they managed to win and went to the NFC championship and lost, we would have the same conversation. I mean, that may be true. We, yeah. we would never be satisfied about this uh, unless they would have won the Super Bowl. Even if they made a Super Bowl, we'd say, yeah, but damn it, you get that close, you got to finish the job. Um, I, this is, I don't, I don't know who this guy is. It, this was a tweet, uh, after the game, I was kind of, you know, sympathy scrolling, you know, trying to find things after the game. And this guy, I don't know who this person is. I don't follow them normally. I think it's probably somebody else had, had retweeted this, but, uh, Dyer Carriger, I believe what his, his name is. Okay. Yeah. He said the Packers, the, the Packers were unlucky not to get two interceptions yesterday, but they were lucky they didn't have to defend Debo. They were unlucky with injuries all season, but they were lucky the Panthers didn't get that spike off at the end of the game in time. They were unlucky. A bad spot stopped them on fourth down in the red zone against the Niners. They were lucky that Quinton Johnston dropped the game-winning touchdown. You can look back and dwell on the missed opportunities without noting the bricks. Wait, so much Quentin, Quentin Johnston, what was that game? That would have been, well, which one was that? Help me. It was, well, it was one of the, it was the, um, I want to say it was people were quoting the um, uh, Yancey Thigpen uh, deal. Um, I can't, can't remember which exact game it, it was, but it resulted, you know, in good fortune, uh, you know, for the Packers. And the whole point of this guy's, uh, you know, tweet is that, there's a lot of luck involved, and the, the Packers definitely should be in the NFC Championship game. But they also shouldn't have made the playoffs if some of these other things, you know, had had gone their way. And you've mentioned several times about 2010 and about how, you know, that that punt return that just, you know, worked out uh, against, uh, I guess it was against the Giants by the Eagles, and that allowed the Packers to get that last wild card spot, and they, and they rode it to the Super Bowl. And, you know, that that was luck that just kind of everything kind of came together. And to get as far as they did, this guy's point is that a lot of things went right for them to kind of, you know, sneak into the postseason the way they did. Yeah, uh, it was really frustrating that things went against the Packers, against the 49ers. But there are a lot of things that went in their favor to get them to this point. So, you know, I, I mean, that's good perspective, I think. Well, but the thing is, I guess certainly luck and uh, gets you to that point. But then to then you don't give it away at the end. I mean, it was lucky it was raining, I think, too, because I don't think Purdy I was hearing a lot about this. And I think it felt like this was true, that he has small hands, apparently, um, which is, well. you know, that's his own problem. Yeah. Good luck uh, to him. Um, and that small hands with uh, with rain is is apparently not. Not that uh, helpful, and and it looked like he was not super accurate and and very comfortable. So it was lucky it was raining, but all those things were given to the Packers, and they said thank you very much. I'm going to give it right back to you. Um, and uh, that 
I, I'm trying to get perspective. I'm just not there yet. And it's funny. I, I saw your tweet after. You certainly were pretty glum about it. I don't remember you having perspective right after the game. Oh, um, and I and I still don't. You know, I'm. You know, this this podcast called Packers Therapy. It's it's not just Packers therapy for people who are listening. It's Packers therapy for us. Right. Um, this one did. You know, I'm I'm as prone to it as anybody else. You know, um, you get that close and you really want to win because you don't know about next year. And there's some stuff I'm going to read here later on about people saying, well, you know, the, the sun is rising in green Bay and it's seashells and balloons, you know, even Al McGuire up in heaven saying, yeah, it's all good for the Packers. I don't know about that. I mean, you know, Pete Doherty said, no doubt the Packers future is bright because of love and his young core of receivers and tight ends who came together in the final two months and along with a healthy Aaron Jones became one of the most formidable offenses in the NFL. But chances like this, when everything comes together as a team, they don't happen too often. And when That's they right. do, you better strike because right. even the brightest of futures can turn cloudy. If key injuries hit some players plateau, or if the team can't maintain the hungry mindset that propelled it late in the season. Now LaFleur said after the game, there's a lot of promise for the future, but nothing's guaranteed, and our guys are going to have to attack the offseason. And, and that's really what it comes down to. I mean, there's a lot of reasons to be uh, optimistic and happy and saying, ah, shucks, too bad we lost, but look at how good and young they are, the arrows pointed up. But as was noted here, I mean, injuries happen. Teddy Bridgewater, right? Practice. He he was looking good for the Vikings. He I think he was dropping back to pass in practice and no one hit him. Nobody touched him and his knee blew out. And it was pretty much, you know, the end of his, I mean, he's still in the league, but it was really the end of his career as a starter. Things like that happen. I mean, Bakhtiari blew out his knee in practice. So it it's one of those things you just don't know how it's all going to come together. You can't just assume that because there's so much promise that that promise is actually going to is going to, you know, pay off. And, and some of these guys who you look at them this year and you say, well, damn, they're this good this year. I mean, imagine what they'll be a year or two from now. Well, maybe this is as good as they'll ever get. <laughs> that, that's the other thing. We're excited about these receivers and these tight ends. But, you know, I mean, maybe this is just who they are. And we're projecting forward. And maybe maybe this is their peak. You know, it's a it's it's sort of that scene in Butch casting the Sundance Kid where they arrive in South America, Bolivia, and it's an absolute disaster. And Sundance uh, looks around and says, "You know, this might be the garden spot of all Bolivia. People may come from miles around just to stand in this spot." Well, maybe this is as good as it is. Maybe this is the pinnacle of the Packers for the next ten years. I mean, maybe this is as good as it gets. And I think all that struck me, and I was, you know, I was. I, I was definitely gloomy. I am still kind of gloomy about the whole thing because it wasn't like they got beat by an obviously better team. And I would submit that the rain maybe wasn't so good for, you know, the guy with Trump hands. You know, I mean, that's possible. Um, but it also wasn't great, you know, when the kicker is trying to hit the 41-yard field goal. It will look to be kind of a driving rain. Um, you know, I mean, it kind of cut both ways. You know, it's that's right. Get biblical, right? You know, the rain falls on the on the good and the bad both, you know? Yeah, right. 
Right. Well, so, you know, just things, just things happen, Dave, you know, and you don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe there was a lot of negativity this year that won't be there next year and they'll run it all over the Super Bowl. But I, I don't think we should assume that. Well, I guess I'm in two minds of the idea that we have a bright future. I do think that's true, that we have a bright future. And I'd rather take our future over Minnesota or Chicago or the Jets or even Detroit. I mean, Detroit is playing next week. But if I had to trade futures, I would much rather have Green Bay's than than Detroit's. I think Detroit is this is as good as they're going to get. I still think we have some upside. But I also think it is true that you can never say to yourself, well, why don't we save a little bit now and we'll have even more next year? Or And that's why I've always been a huge proponent that if you got the team you like and you're up, you know, you're 10-2, go make that trade to beef up what you need to try to, to get it this year. Like always have that mentality. You don't know for sure, but if it's there, <clears throat> go for it. And um, again, I want to say, you know, how could you have seen that when they were uh, what 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 were they um, before their th- uh, t- two game win streak? I guess they ended up they were seven and eight uh, before they played Minnesota and Chicago. I mean, at that point, I think we're all ready to ship them off. I, I view it as say, hey, should we go out and get another kicker? I'd have been like, who cares? So I, I think I, they were six and I think they were six and eight because they won three to end the season. So they might have been six and eight at that point. Well, six and eight before Carolina. Yeah. But even after the oh, Carolina, Carolina game that they won, right, 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 uh, right. They, I think we all felt that they still sucked really bad. Um, so it's at, at uh, seven and eight. Uh, so I guess I don't, but I do blame them for previous years where, you know, when they had Rogers and a th- they were had a, on their way to a 13 and three season that they could have used another receiver or something. Um, I do not like the Packers, uh, approach to like kind of let's win on average over the long run. And uh, I think that kind of guarantees less Super Bowls, which is what I want. And so because um, you're exactly right, there's no guarantee for next year. Just like I think of the Jordy Nelson preseason game where I was really, you know, season looked bright. Everything is good. He oh, cracks yeah. his knee or whatever. In and, Pittsburgh. Yeah, Pittsburgh. And like the whole season just was tainted by that. It's just like the, everything just. The, Air went out of the out of the balloon at that point. Yeah, That's right. It was, it was demoralizing as hell. Uh, I would I probably you know given their their depth that they have, um, I don't know who would be the Jordy Nelson of 2024 start of that season. Um, I mean, which other, is good. <laughs> that is good. good. Although I guess if it's Jordan Love, you know that that, that would no, make a big damper on it. Yeah. Um, so I, I I just it's just a real disappointment. I'm not ready to have perspective yet. I'm not ready. I, I get the luck, um, I, but I kind of look at it as they were lucky and they had the chance, but they should have taken advantage of the luck that they had. Um, and uh, it's not that they were unlucky. I, did, I don't think they were unlucky and I'm mad at the universe. I'm mad because they're stupid. And, and that's <laughs> what makes me makes me upset. They were stupid on defense. They have a stupid defensive coordinator and they have to get rid of him and anything around them. I, I look at those poor guys that sit next to him up in that booth. I think, oh man, you are connected to like the dumbest guy on the planet. Uh, and so I feel for them. Like, is there anyone there that feels aggressive today? So uh, I don't know. I, but, that's, but that's why I'm upset. They're coaching, Dave, they're coaching the NFL. I mean, how bad can it be? I, I, I don't know. I, how can it you be? Know? How can it be? You're right. They Somehow they've been successful. Well, I guess in Barry's case, he married the right person. Is that what, what well, we feel I understand? Yeah, he's he. Well, I guess it's all kind of incestuous. And 
I don't know, the coaches throw their keys in the basket, and I guess they decide then who's going to, you know, be the defensive coordinator. I don't know how this works. Yeah. Um, what I do know, though, is that uh, Quentin Johnston uh, was uh, the Chargers guy that lost the ball in the sun. Oh, uh, sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That that was the play in question. And that there was, was a few. Thing. Yeah. It was a Yancey Thigpen moment. Yeah. That he, he should have caught it, but I believe it was a sun situation that he couldn't see it and dropped it. Yeah. yeah I remember we beat the Chargers and feeling that there were a lot of big breaks yeah. that we got in that game. That's that's true. That's right. Yep, yep, yep. I mean, so that's the way it goes. Well, yeah, we had a we had a, one of our Patreon uh, folks, David H., which I think the H stands for hellacious, I'm pretty sure. But anyway, um, he says, hi, Chris and Dave. I'm not sure if this recent run in the playoffs was a great learning experience for a young team or a missed opportunity by a team that got hot and ultimately failed again in the postseason. Maybe it can be both. And he wants our opinion for some reason, and we're happy to give it because, you know, he's a generous guy on Patreon. So absolutely, David Hellacious, we will. I, th- I think we've kind of addressed that already. But here's here's the the thing that caught my attention about this um, a team that ultimately failed again in the postseason. Now there were a number of people in social media that were saying, "Yep, yeah, same old Packers, same old crap." You can add this one to the list of. You know, the Seattle 2014, the blocked punt against San Francisco when they had home field advantage. I mean, you can, there's a litany of, of things. All the overtime uh, losses in the playoffs and NFC championship games. Yeah, same old Packers. Um, I, I don't know if I can put this in the, quote, failed again category. Because really, this is all changed over, starting with, you know, we no longer have Favre. We no longer have Rodgers at quarterback. Um, this is pretty much everyone's wearing, you know, the right laundry, right? They're wearing the, you know, green and gold or those awful white uniforms they wear on the road. I mean, it's the same uniform with the G on the side, but the guys inside of it, it's by and large, this is an entirely new crew. So I'm not really sure that I can, you know, go with the failed again, sort of uh, the characterization of this, because this is a whole different group. And they will have their own bad luck. <laughs> it goes along with them. But I don't know that we can say that this is just a continuation of the stuff that, you know, we've been dealing with over, over the past, uh, you know, 20 years or so. I I don't know that I'm willing to go there. I think this is a new chapter in frustration. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, there's some rhyming, I, I certainly think. Yes. And one thing that's really, really disappointing is uh, Packers throwing interception toward the end of the game. They're up 21-14, throw interception to tip ball, and uh, but they get the stop, and now they're up 21-17. You're like, okay, let's let's move. They go three and out there. So that's at, uh, I guess, a minute. Oh, this is the beginning of the fourth quarter. They go three and out. And I feel that that's been a lot of, at least Aaron Rodgers, is like in crunch time, um, there's a lot of three and outs that allow the other team to sort of, you know, relying on your defense. Um, and, and it was, I think that was the one too, where he, it was third and short and he had, he could have ran, he could have tossed it to the Jones, but he ended up overthrowing Jones a little bit and then had to punt. But yeah. then even after that, we ended up getting a punt from San Francisco. They had uh, eight plays they punted. So now we're just like, just get the ball, move it along. You know, that's, that's our chance to score. And that's what the missed field goal and the rest is history. But 
Um, just sort of that failure in the fourth quarter kind of it rhymes a lot with what's happened to them in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, well, different no, characters, for, for, but sort of same outcome. But for, for us, you know, we're, we're standing still, right. And we're watching our team, but the team itself is constantly evolving and changing. And it, they really kind of flushed out a lot of the old stuff in this year. And so maybe it's unfair to say same old Packers when it really isn't the same old Packers. I guess it's the same coach that they've had a number of postseason frustrations with. Um, but that coach also somehow rallied them at midseason, you know, to get them to where they were. And they yeah. had some luck along the way to get there, but they had bad luck too. Right. So, right. you know, I, I, I'm trying, as I'm trying to talk myself into, <laughs> into optimism as, as much as I am trying to, encourage uh, everybody else in this. Now, we talked about um, maybe coming back in a week or two uh, to kind of do a wrap-up podcast and look forward uh, to what's going on. And so maybe that at that point, we could talk about what do you do about Bakhtiari and mm-hmm. Campbell, Jones, uh, Simone Biles' husband, uh, you know, Runyon, Savage. I mean, there's a number of veterans that they didn't flush out uh, before this season um, who they have questions about and maybe not address those here today, but we're, we're cognizant, you know, of the fact that they've got decisions to make. And so maybe we need a, a week or two to kind of digest things and then come back and take a look at that. Does that sound like a plan to you? Yeah, that does. Because I, I have definite opinions on certain players and positions they need some positions that when I see the draft needs, it uh, feels like they continue to miss that inside linebacker that is so important that I think they need to improve so badly. Um, and very few seem to have that as a top of the list need. But I have lots of thoughts on that. I think we can come back to that as a wrap-up podcast. I agree. Well, when it when it comes to detailing positions, you're the guy that I always look for uh, for that kind of information. Well, that's how it gets in the title. <laughs> it's. It certainly does. And by the way, thank you for those who appreciate the title of the last podcast. Dave and I made ourselves pretty happy with with, with that one, too. Yeah, yeah. You should see the ones we reject uh, either are um, really awful or too funny and uh, not appropriate. So that one made it through. People need to understand. Now, we're we're doing this one in in the afternoon. It's it's 3 o'clock my time when we started, 4 o'clock Dave's time. Usually we're doing these at like nine o'clock at night. So by the time we're running the title, it's like 11 or 1130. So, you know, we're, we're, we're pretty punchy at that point. Nothing uh, good happens after that time. That's right. Nothing good. Ha- well, that nothing good happens during the podcast either. So, uh, all right. So you, you told me uh, that we have some limericks and things. I think that we didn't get to that. We have to, to, to go over. Do we want to do those now? Or do we want to get to the betting lines? Because this means the person will be occupying and cleaning the suite at the Packers Therapy Hotel and Casino. Right, right. The long-term, uh, it's not really a guess. It's more of a of a of a of a worker. More, uh, you know. It's I I hate the term indentured servitude. I just don't like that. Um, but that's what it amounts to. Right. It's it's a long off season. Um, yeah. Let's find out who who gets that prestigious spot. Uh, we had three people uh, get six correct this week, so it was kind of a 
lower scoring week. I only had three correct. So even though they lost, I did not, my negativity uh, only went so far. So I only got three correct this week. Um, but let's go through the betting lines and then I'll, I'll let's land on the limericks and then we can, like you said, we'll, we'll come back with a post 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 season podcast here. Uh, okay. Ready? All right. Yep. So uh, number one, I had asked you to give me the uh, quarterback rating for the Jordan love. And you set that line at 97.3. Did he end up 72? I didn't realize it was that yeah. low. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, the, the interceptions, of course, he'll, that last one in particular, I'd like to know what, the rating was before that last unnecessary interception, but I think I would have been pretty close if not for that Farvian mistake that he made there at the end. So, yeah. Yeah. I wonder yeah. if we're t- you're too generous on, on, or I'm too generous on the passing on that. Cause that, you know, I guess I have to, at some point support my thought that this is a young team. I'm willing to live with some mistakes and that I guess would go up there. Uh, I, Savage is not young anymore, <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, we we need to talk about that uh, in a week or two from now because okay. I I got mixed feelings on that guy. All right, fair enough. Uh, number two, I asked you, uh, Aaron Jones rushing yards. You set the line at seventy two, and he had one hundred and eight. And I thought Aaron Jones I, he almost had seventy two on the one carry. <laughs> yeah, really good. Uh, that was such an exciting point of the game. Uh, I thought he was going to make it, you know, and I guess I heard that he felt kind of a twinge in his hamstring. Yeah. Yeah. And so then he said he slowed down, but I don't, unless he was flash, you know, I don't think he was going to be, he was surrounded and he made the most out of what he had there. And like you said, he, he had eight, 81 cheering him on, but not doing a hell of a lot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But still, you know, six yards, a carry, he, but it went for 118, right? So he, he had a, you know, he had a hell of a game. He did. He did. Um, number three, um, number t- touchdowns by wide receivers or tight ends. You set the line at uh, one and a half and we had two. I'm trying to think the two was, uh, um, I got to look up my, my stats oh, yeah. here. I, I, uh, I, cl- I closed that window too. So yeah, Bo Melton with a great touchdown. The back oh, yeah. end zone. What a great, that was nice. Fantastic. Yeah. And then Tucker Craft uh, yeah. with one as well. So two two touchdowns. The overhead that one. Uh, number four, leading tackler. Uh, you said uh, Campbell. I said Savage. It was Quay Walker, which yeah. is also a really interesting player. I, if you were to evaluate Quay Walker's year, I don't know if I would say it was a a good year. Um, I feel like he's still like a really young player trying to figure it out. And part of me feels like maybe a better coach would, would do better for him. I, I don't know. I I, I don't know if if it's so much, and and I know we'll talk about this more later, but I don't know if it's so much coach as how they deploy him and how they use him. I I don't know that they're using the skill set that he has to its optimal effect. Um, And I also think that he's, you know, kind of, kind of finding his way. I think he had a better year this year than last. Don't forget. He had a, he had a pick six, right. In the first game of the season, I think, um, you know, I think this is a guy that can be a difference maker. I do, but I think they, they have to be able to allow him to play to his strengths. And right now I think they're asking him to do things that he's probably not that good at. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I wonder if you would have like magically flipped, this might be a dumb idea, but if you took, Quay Walker and Van Ness and switch them. Like, would you have a better defense? Like it it feels like Van Ness is, is fast. He could run in the middle. 
he can take on blockers a little bit better. He's just he seems a little smarter. And and, uh, and Walker, I like him on the edge of, of rushing a quarterback. He's super athletic. And uh, right. I don't know. I that just seems to be a little bit of a mismatch. I agree. I feel like he's miscast a little bit and and what they're having him do. That's an interesting idea because Van Ness is is an athlete, and I don't know if he's quick enough to go sideline to sideline from the middle. Um, but he is an athlete. I think and, he's bigger. Uh, yeah, yeah, and he can. I think he take blockers. And I feel like you know when when Clay Matthews played inside linebacker, it'd be right. a very similar right. situation, exactly. right? Yeah, yeah. It, it 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 does make me wonder, and I think that's that's something that that should be discussed. The bottom line is, I I think Seven is a better player than he showed because I don't think he's being deployed properly. Yeah, I think you're right. Okay, number five, total passes for Brock Purdy. You set the line at 16 and a half. He threw for 39, 39 passes, 23 for 39. If you had told me he threw 39 times. I would have thought Packers were going to win. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, if, and if you said that McCaffrey would have run for uh, only 98 yards, I would have thought we are yeah. in this game, which is exactly what happened. But um, fortunately, it wasn't, wasn't enough. Um, and then we get to six Caffrey total yards. You set the line at 135. He had only 128, so that would have been a very good sign in hindsight. <laughs> Close, good line. That's a, that was a that was a pretty good line. Yeah. Okay. But here I think was the kicker is seven. How many sacks and turnovers will the mm. Packers get on defense? Mm. You set that line at three and a half. We needed one more. They had one, uh, I guess, one sack. Right. Um, yeah, they had, they had one sack, and but it's that first one. It's the first one to Savage, and I know I'm being Savage on Savage, but that I was thinking, oh my God, it's a it's a replay of the Dallas game yeah. early in the game. The pick six sets the tone. Um, it's Wayne Simmons forcing the fumble against San Francisco in 1996. You know, um, it, and he drops it, and that I it was early in the game. I didn't want to say, oh, they're doomed. But I felt bad because that's the kind of play you have to convert if you're, if you're going to pull an upset like that. And it just it just didn't happen. He just wasn't able to corral it. He, he couldn't do the magic two games in a row. Yeah. Seven and a half. Uh, who would have more receptions, first year receivers uh, or second year receivers? And it looks like the second year receivers uh, won f- uh, six to four, apparently. So that's uh, I won't go through it. And uh Mike also won't go through it on the next one. I said, what record will be set uh, in this game? And Mike's response was, yeah, I'm not going to take the time to score this one. But some of the people that I put down, <laughs> somebody, some interesting ones. Uh, lowest quarterback rating was mine. Uh, let's see, most rushing yards in a divisional round, most total rushing yards in a Packers versus 49ers. Longest kickoff return, that's a good one. Uh, yeah, first. Now that- that was a that was a nice return until the fumble, at least. Yeah, yeah that's right. Right. Um, let's see. TV ratings. That's an interesting one. Uh, most tight end yards in a game. Uh, I like this one. Uh, Sam said most tears cried by me. I think that might be the winner. <laughs> Although uh, f- uh, former Navy senior uh, chief Tom said, oh, Tom, uh, yes, yeah, a number of times I mutter, what the f. <laughs> uh, well, he- don't forget that he's a he's a salty sailor. He's a seaman, Dave. And you know, when when you're out there with your eye patch and your peg leg, you know, I mean, this this is the kind of stuff that we want from our from our fighting forces. Not 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 like that Major Moberg and his university college nonsense. What is it's this? A, uh, and CJ said um, uh, the most times they don't show Taylor Swift. So we got an anti-Chiefs <laughs> fan running around out there. 
And uh, so the total points, you said 20, I said nine. Uh, you were right, very close on 20 for total Packer points. The winner and the season-long uh, oh, occupant Drum roll, Packers please. Therapy Hotel Casino is David from Madison. Oh. Now, it's confusing because I used to be David from Madison. So is that my former self that's playing, or is that uh, someone new? I guess it's someone new. But Consider I, my mind blown. Oh, my yeah. gosh. You're, it's, it's like a time warp. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess the multiverse has been like implanted in my brain. Uh, so anyway, well, congratulations, Dave from Madison. Um, you won't like to spend the, all that time in the hotel and casino, but uh, it's cold in Madison this time of year, too. So there, there's pluses and minuses, right? I think that's that's right. Well, and, but to be fair, we, we are thinking of getting an HVAC system put into the hotel. And if Dave from Madison, David from Madison is is able uh, you know, to get a little elbow grease to get that thing installed. I think, you know, you might be more comfortable because it gets a little warm in Vegas uh, starting in May. So I would say get a move on, my friend. Uh, there is, of course, no airfare that goes with this. You'll have to hitchhike down there. But still, once you get there, I'm sure you'll find plenty of uh, maintenance opportunities. That's right. So I got some comments and some limericks here. What uh, okay, I just good. have to point out is Jeff Tom is saying Barry for best defensive coordinator in the postseason. How dare you, Jeff? How dare what? you? What? What? Is, what? That I was mean, his comment. Best defensive think, coordinator okay. of the postseason. Do we have to start screening people with some <laughs> kind of a urine test be, before they? Uh, well, no. This what am I talking about? This is gambling. Most of these people are high, so this is perfectly fine. That's okay. right. Now, Samir had a good point, and a couple other people did. Is like, who else had the Packers in the playoffs and the Jets missing the playoffs last year? Ah, good point. Good right, point. Right. Well done. Yeah. Which reminds me, I did pull something up here before I get to Limericks, just real quick. I found on one of our Yahoo clickbait articles here is the 25 <laughs> worst moves the NFL teams have made in 23. Can I run okay. down a couple of the top? So the oh, number please, one that please. they have is Steelers trade for Allen Robinson, which I really don't know much about that. But Not even, uh, yeah. number two is Jets trade for Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Isn't that great? Is, is uh, this okay? Is this is this on the best or worst category? Worst, obviously. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, okay. worst. Okay, so uh, number two was uh, Jets trade for Aaron Rodgers. Yep. Uh, three, go down to four. Browns trade for Zadaria Smith. I didn't realize this. Uh, yeah, Cleveland needed a second edge rusher to compliment Miles Garrett, but Smith has been a disappointment to being acquired from Minnesota. Three-time Pro Bowler only had three and a half sacks through 13 games, and it has a significant cap number. This guy, one thing you can count on for Zadarius is he will disappoint. <laughs> well, you know, it, it was the whole thing. You know, I was, I think you were too, very bullish on him in that first season in Green oh, Bay. He's and, great. Then, and then when he didn't become captain, um, and he went into a snit and they had that medallion made and all that stuff. I thought this cat is, this, this is not who I want to have around a developing Rashawn Gary. I mean, That's I just, and then he like, Oh, I can't play. And then all of a sudden he played like lights out against San Francisco in that, uh, in that playoff game. And just the guy's a head case. And I know the bronze had, I think the best defense statistically in the NFL. So you know, maybe he didn't have to be great, and maybe a complimentary player was good enough on that team. But I'm just glad he's somebody else's problem. Yeah, I agree. You go a few further down. Uh, the Jets hired Nathaniel Hackett is another. Mm, yeah, and then you go a little bit further down, and you get um, Jets sign Alan Lazard. So I went through the whole <laughs> list. Uh, 
Uh, no uh, Packer moves are made this list, but a lot of nobody uh, was Packer paying attention. Nobody cared about offs. the Packers. Yeah, yeah you see, the biggest. I, I I think one reason why the Packers didn't get anybody in the Pro Bowl, which I'd like to have your opinion on that as well. But I think the reason because no one was paying attention to the Packers until the last few games. Yeah, and Jordan. And why would you? Yeah, well, sure. Right. And and so because of that, no one was getting any publicity, any run. There's a lot of no-name guys. Next year, I think, will be different. Um, you know, again, assuming that, you know, there are guys that aren't injured and that they don't plateau. Um, if things go as they look to be going, I think you'll see some Pro Bowl guys. But this year, nobody really cared. And that's why it was easy for a lot of Packer fans to watch because there was no tension. They were expected to lose. Well, that's not going to be the case next year. Yeah. And, uh, uh, yeah, I, their strength of schedule, I guess, um, was weak, too. Yeah. It was weak, and what what did they end up? They ended up in, uh, I guess, in second place. They they end up second, right? In the division. In the division, yeah. I think that makes sense because they Minnesota... made the playoffs, and the other teams didn't make the playoffs. So yeah. Yeah, I was thinking though, did Minnesota? I don't know how many wins or losses. It must yeah, that they made it through. They must be yeah, Minnesota. Yeah, yeah, anyway, right. Yeah. All right, that's a dumb question. I'll let's I'll edit that out. Anyway, um, <laughs> the, uh, you ready for some limericks here? Well, I'm always ready for that, Dave. All right, we'll do two weeks worth of limericks because if someone's going to do a limerick, Dash Garnet, we're going to read it here. On exactly right. right. Because see, people are spending time. First of all, they're going to their old English textbook. What's a limerick? Okay, right. and then right. once they figure that out, you know, and well, not and Patrick. The stuff down. Patrick well, knows limerick. Well, no, I, I I think that that's pretty much coded in his DNA. All right, right. All right. Yeah. So uh, Pedro it leads off the first one. Now remember, this is before the law, so uh, right. these are more optimistic than they probably should be. Anyway, uh, Pedro says, and here we go. <clears throat> to my fellow, jeez, oh, I gotta get this. A E I O U. La la. All right, to fellow Packers <laughs> stock signers, let's go and beat the Niners. Long trip to the coast, but win and will boast that their team is now known as the Winers. That's good, nice. on it. Right? Yeah, I tell you, not not well done, trash man. Excellent. Yeah, and uh, it, I think he got the uh, what do you in the cadence or uh, what do you the the what do you call that? Uh, well, that, that would be the 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 rhythm of the yeah you, uh, whatever yeah. yeah you got to get the yeah. Dun, 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 you, yeah, yeah. yeah right exactly yeah. yeah he did very well okay anyway uh, Jeff from Brooklyn his his limerick is well he's got plenty of time on that drive between Pennsylvania and Brooklyn I mean I'm surprised this guy doesn't have like a half a dozen of these things that's right well he's got one for this week so it is this one the pack head to California to play in the rain for the most part. This has been a house of pain. Green Bay has endured many injury, but prone to our cat McCaffrey and Purdy. Thusly, the playoffs, the Packers will remain in the oh, geez, in the playoffs. The Packers will remain. Did I you got say thrown thusly? Off, thusly. Thusly. Yes. Well Thus, done, sir. Thusly. I got nice thrown job, off Jeff. there. Injury and Purdy are a little bit of a stretch injury. there, Ryan. Uh, if you're going to do a limbrick, we are going to. It's fair for criticism, but uh, Jeff, thank you for that. That's a, a very good limerick. Okay. Uh, Kevin P. Got another rhyming challenge here that I'll try to work is, with. Is, is this, is this, this might be the professor, I think. This might be. This could be, yep. Think, okay. Yeah. Uh, how did I start this habit? Why in God's name don't I quit? Can a poor guy even fix an obsession with limericks, even though his rhymes are just S-H-I-T? I, my, my kids oh. are, so I can't. <laughs> You're... Your kids, Dave, are adults. No, I can't. They're in have their twenties, Dave. I know. Listen, Please. I have to. Apply. 
kids. Your, your kids are kids anymore. They're adults. One of them is in the family way. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, so let's I mean, not get into I don't. It. I don't know how that happened. It's yeah. an immaculate well, birth. Yeah. Well, somebody got into it. That's a whole different subject, Dave. Please continue. Yeah. All right, Jeremy Bobo and his limerick. He says, "In the end, Chris's sphincter was tightening. Flashbacks <laughs> to Seattle were frightening, and now for the West Coast, these times changes beat best most. Either way, the team's future is brightening. That's good, one, right? Oh. Hey, now that's." It's That's tough to really get sphincter into a uh, rhyme <laughs> there. Gonna, I mean, that gives. I think that's a, a ten bonus points right there. <laughs> All right, let's go back a week with you, Will. And Pedro sent one last week before the Dallas game. So, are you ready oh, for this? Boy. All right, this is Pedro okay. number two. I yeah. predict a win in the cold down south. I'm not so bold, but safe to deem America's team the one is in green and the gold. That's very there good. You go. Pedro's That's very good. Well done. I, you know, I mean, he's, I, do you think when he was, you know, taken out the trash, he found that maybe somebody <laughs> had written, I don't know. Uh, yeah. He's whatever. All right. It's uh Kevin P again, <clears throat> cheering for the team from green Bay, helping the pack goes all the way, knowing the odds are long, hoping predictions are wrong. Whatever, which, whatever Chris and Dave will say. That's from Kevin P. I probably I'm slaughtering these. I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm not. I should practice these. Um, but last, yeah. look look in the mirror. You know, just yeah, work right. work your I, game, Dave. Who am I to game. criticize Joe Barry? Yeah. All right. Last limerick. Unless someone sends us an email. Last limerick of 2023-24 season. <clears throat> the pack faced an old foe coach by McCarthy, who will. S-H-I-T, the bed, we soon shall see. <laughs> to win, we need two interceptions of Dak and a clean sheet from our lovely quarterback. A healthy Jones just might lead to a Packers victory. Uh, nicely done. I got it. That's also prescient because I think there were two interceptions and Jones, you know, did have a big game. So well done. Well done. Yeah, was, he uh, saw the future there. So good job to Jeff. Pedro, Kevin, Jeremy, everyone who played Limbricks. That well, I think this is a good feature to uh, to brush up and try again next year. Um, we could go with haikus, but those are more those aren't as fun. I don't think. I'm not a big haiku fan. Well, you know, I mean, they're it's 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 more um, they're more circumspect. You know, they're more impressionistic. The haiku, there's a certain discipline in there. You know, it's, it's that what, like five, three, five, is that what, what, what the uh, syllables? And so I think it's, it's five, it's a seven, five, but yeah, whatever. It's, okay. But it's, it's very, it's very tightly prescribed, you know? Right, so right. there's a discipline there, my friend. Yeah. You can get sphincter and uh, swear words into uh, limericks. That's uh, that's why limericks are, are more appropriate for Packers therapy. <laughs> do, do, do you have any idea of the vocabulary that your quote children use? Yeah. Yeah. I think I, if, I think if you were aware of that, you, you probably wouldn't be so hesitant. Listen, we don't uh, use the foul language in this household here. No. So let's, let's they're, just. They're, they're not in your household anymore, dad. I just want <laughs> yeah. to, be, to be aware of that. These are adult people, but anyway, we'll, we'll have that lecture later. I do need to figure out what my daughter's been doing so that such that she has. Well, I think you, June. Have, you probably do have an idea because aren't you the father of three? So maybe you <laughs> Listen, have an idea. No, it that. can't be that. Can't be that. Yeah. No, it's not it's, right. yeah, yeah. Well, you know, maybe you flip the lights on once in a while. Dave, you have a better idea of what's going on. There, so. <laughs> 
So anyway. are there any more comments from uh, our, our, our gambling degenerates? Lots of comments. People are excited. More betting lines. Let's keep going. Uh, some is, I'm, is house money, but I'm still all in. Um, can I, one more Packers therapy with an exclamation point. A lot of people said uh, they appreciated my kind of anti-positive that's on the betting lines or hoping that that would continue. So um, sort of lots of, of nice comments and uh, we'll continue that next year, which, um, you know, I am looking forward to, I'm looking forward to our post podcast. So we're not done yet, but I, I do. If I get through this a little bit, I, I am have an optimistic outlook. I know I'll be excited for next year. Um, I would not say that necessarily if I was in Minnesota or Chicago or from any other teams, I think, Mission accomplished for the most part this year, even though it's a big turd at the end. I, I think that uh, Chicago has the potential to be the Green Bay of 2024. I mean, they've got a lot of draft picks. They got high draft picks. Uh, you know, they they could be a problem. I watched the Detroit game. Um, you know that they they look good. They they look solid and. You know, I think they're going to be a problem for the foreseeable future as well. And Minnesota, they usually don't bottom out. They're usually, you know, competitive and always a thorn in the side. I kind of think the NFC North might be one of the stronger divisions, if not the strongest division in football next year. So Packers, I could, could be better, but it's 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 not going to be, oh, yeah, you can count on five victories in the division. I, I don't think it's going to be that easy. No. No, I, I, well, and uh, every year has its own challenges. Um, and you're right. The bears, I think very well will win the draft next year um, or this yeah, year. Yeah. So I expect they'll get uh, all A's across uh, by picking so early. But um, I look, if, if Gutekinds can continue his two year streak of his draft and can be a little bit, uh, a little less conservative on some free agents that could come in and make a difference and get rid of some of the old, the old fat that's sitting around like Devondre Campbell. You know, I think we got to improve in some areas that are in our starters. If he can upgrade this team a little bit more as he did this last year, well then I think the future does look bright. Yeah. I, th- I think my goal for the off season is to be as, as fat as Devondre Campbell. That would be, that would be nice. Then I think the world would be a great, would be a great place. I'm at fat at P-H-A-T. It's a cool <laughs> guy. That's a, I know. You know, uh, I was looking at uh, uh, Preston Smith, and there have been some comments about him looking a little flabby. And you know what? The guy does have a gut, but damn, he plays. I mean, the, the guy, the guy's a baller, you know? Yeah, and yeah. even though he's, he's kind of, you know, built more luxuriously than, than some of his uh, colleagues, the dude, you know, plays hard, makes plays. Um, and so when we, when we come back in a couple of weeks, that, that's another guy to, to talk about, too, is that he's a little bit older, but he still seems to be effective. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, it, it, it's going to be interesting to kind of look ahead with this team because do they, do they complete the job they started last season by extricating themselves from the veterans and really fully turning the page and moving on? Or is there some value in keeping some of these guys around? And, you know, I already made it clear that I think Aaron Jones should be brought back, but there's a number of people um, that I think would make for interesting discussion. And we should, we should do that again, once I'm uh, back in the podcasting studio, a, um, and we can talk more about that at that time. So, um, also I think we would like to invite 
comments and questions that might help us uh, shape that discussion that we have in a couple of weeks. So please don't hesitate uh, to do that. Get us uh, on Twitter. It's at Packers Therapy. Um, I guess it's X now, but whatever. It'll always be Twitter to me. Um, if you want to email us, uh, you know, kind of by coincidence, Dave, um, our email address is the same place people can give us money, too. Oh, um, look at that. that. How simple. I, you know, I, yeah, it's so, so very simple. If you're going to send us an email, and that means you got the email address. It's PackersTherapy at Yahoo.com. You can also then go to PayPal, and you can use that same email address and wow. chip off a couple of bucks for Chris and Dave. So it's very convenient. I mean, you've already entered it once in your email address. You might as well just enter it again and give us a couple of dollars. You know, That's why not? Right. And that goes to uh, us to subscribe to certain publications that you can read. Uh, sometimes we yeah. hustle, penthouse, whatever. Save a little bit to uh, go to a pack game. Um, lay that up and using it to buy. Yeah. Um, other other things that I use the PayPal account for, which we have to settle accounts there, Chris. Uh, <laughs> well, I, you know, I'm I'm down here in a state that's got dispensaries, so I've been using uh, that uh, Packers therapy money liberally here uh, across across the valley. Um, yeah, I've become like when I walk in, they say, "Hey, Chris, great to see you again." You know? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, what that what people don't know is I just got an email today that said that our our loan for twenty thousand dollars was approved, and uh, I don't recall ever applying to said loan, Chris. That's uh, that's really strange. Like I said to you, you know, these vacations they don't pay for themselves. You know, we, so yeah. we do get some strange emails. Uh, it's funny we get uh, those fake uh, Amazon that. Yeah. Well, go ahead to uh, hit go on uh, on your basket of goods that you bought at Amazon. There's like a big screen TV in there and everything, and it's the the email address is is some site from turkey or something like that but it's just funny because every time i see it i think oh there's chris buy another tv again so but you really can't have enough you know big screen tvs i i always say you got to have one for every wall in the house you know <laughs> well it, clearly um yeah. so good times good times. yeah yeah so so by all means uh send, send us comments send us questions Help, help shape a podcast that will not have any game to talk about. But instead, in a couple of weeks, we will uh, look forward, um, talk about uh, the composition of this year's roster and what we think it should maybe look like going into the offseason. We're not going to spend any time on the draft because um, we're not Chad Reuter. Nobody is. Uh, but we will uh, kind of put a bow on the season. Uh, then we will go into uh, hibernation. I, I know in Dave's case, it's usually a cryogenic chamber. Um, and, uh, in my case, it's just the, the biggest pile of Vicodin you can imagine. So, so anyway, we will be back and we will put a bow in the season. Uh, for right now though, we're going to lick our wounds. We're going to look back at this season and say, it was a gift. We didn't expect it. We got it. We won a playoff game against Dallas. That was fantastic. Highly competitive, uh, game against San Francisco probably should have won. It's good to have a team that's relevant, and that, I think, is all a fan can, can really ask for, is that your team matters uh, when the playoffs happen, when January rolls around. So right now, uh, I guess we're going to have to lean on that going into the offseason. So we're going we're gonna to take that. We're going to think about it, come back in a couple of weeks. But until that time, I'm Chris. And I'm Dave. And that is Packers Therapy.
I'm Chris. And I'm Dave. And that's Packers Therapy.